TKM Incorporated in Moss, Tennessee is a construction company that specializes in erosion control, seeding, and soil, hydro seeding, hydro mulch, minor excavation, and silt fence. They also provide traffic control and construction signs. Their business is keeping people safe, but their passion, their mission, is they wish that all men could be saved. TKM has adopted the nickname, The King's Men, because as they serve you, they also serve the King. If they could provide any of their services for you, please contact them at 931-243-3958. That is 931-243-3958. Or you can contact them on the net at tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. That is tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. TKM Incorporated is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. Bob Merrill wrote the famous words, how much is that dog in the window? The one with the waggly tail. How much is that doggy in the window? And I do hope that doggy's for sale. Well, the beloved puppies in our lives are indeed for sale. We're not selling them. Uh, our arrangement is that we have this dog named Oreo, and we've had her since she was 12 weeks old. And instead of paying full price for her, we entered into an agreement with the breeder that we would let Oreo have two litters of puppies, and this breeder would sell the two litters of puppies. And then once a dog has had two litters of puppies in their past uh, childbearing age at about age four, then the dog needs a good home anyway and needs to be placed with someone. Well, instead of this breeder having this dog at her house, having litters of puppies with and then trying to find her a home as a middle-aged dog, we've raised Oreo from 12 weeks old. And so when we deliver the next set of puppies, we get to keep Oreo. Well, the puppies came into our lives about eight weeks ago. And by the time you hear this podcast, they'll be gone. And we will leave on February the 9th and deliver them to the breeder and we'll come home and we may or may not come home with just oreo we may come home with a little mocha colored puppy that's that's a different drama story altogether but jackie and her beloved puppies (laughs) i love to watch the lady gardener with her puppies now that's the description i use to describe jackie to the puppies because they're, they're small. They, they live on the ground. They don't have a, a big view of things up yet. And so all they really get to see is Jackie's gardening boots and occasionally that big brim hat that she wears. So when I warn the puppies, they're chewing on something they shouldn't chew on. They're getting into an area of the house they shouldn't get into. I say, hey, look, the lady gardener will not be happy with you if she catches you with this. And I love to watch Jackie and her beloved puppies. When Jackie and I were very, very young, I was 21, she was 18, I bought her a little dog. Now, you've got to understand that when I met Jackie, I was in college and she was in high school, but she's a very serious, very accomplished young lady. Her dad traveled for work, and so she lived in Washington, and she lived in Georgia, and she lived in New York, and she lived in Pennsylvania. And so she had all this this travel experience and had seen all these places and done all these things, and, you know, I'm felt fairly intelligent, but I didn't feel really sophisticated. And and she knew so much about so many things. Her grandfather farmed, and then she traveled with her dad, and her mom was a nurse. And, and I just saw her as this very accomplished young lady. When I gave her this puppy, this girl came out in her. This 
and I mean, she, she had some girlish qualities that, you know, you, those blue eyes would brighten up and sparkle when you gave her a surprise or you bought her a gift or you gave her some, some kind of special treat that she loved. And, and she still does that. And Lonnie, Lonnie Beth had this expression. She, she didn't really understand you brought me a surprise. She said, you, did you bring me a prize? And so we still give prizes at our house. And when you bring a prize home, Jackie's eyes will light up just like they did when she got that first puppy. And, and so she has these puppies at the house and, and it's like watching a little girl play with dolls, but they're just live dolls. The, the puppies started coming, you know, they started being born and Jackie would, would get them and she would wipe them off. And then she put this snorkel in their mouth and suck out the amniotic fluid. And then she'd rub them with a little towel until they, they, they whined and they wiggle and they make their first noise. And, and then she hands them to me and I put them on the scale and we write down their color and we weigh them and they started out weighing ounces and, and now they weigh eight pounds. And in, in, in the first week of their life, every day they get up, Jackie goes in and picks up a puppy whose eyes aren't even open, whose ears aren't even, they really can't hear, and they really can't see. So you do this neurostimulation and she stands by her little pet corner where she's got her little you know table with the, the puppy medicine and the ointments and the scale and you hold a puppy upright and, and then you hold it on its back and then you hold it upside down and then you put it on an ice pack and then you rub its feet so it gets desensitized to people touching its feet and then you put a smell in front of it and it either goes to the smell or goes away from the smell or doesn't even react to the smell and, and you do that every day for the first five days of their lives and then their little eyes start opening and then you've got to give these little ointment treatments and, and you've got to give them their little worming medicine. And then you weigh them, you know, once a week, every week, and you watch them go from, from ounces to pounds, from pounds to several pounds. And then probably by next week, it'll be double digit pounds. And, and to watch Jackie with her beloved puppies and, and to watch her, you know, put on, it, it's, it's at night, you know, about nine o'clock, we, we, we send them outside and we take them to the grass and, and then they play in the yard and, and they're so, so funny to watch in the yard and they get into trouble and, and you got to get them out of trouble and you got to keep them from chewing on things that are toxic and going places that are dangerous. They don't know what lives under the deck and, and they don't know that there's not things they should get. Anyway, you, you have this chaos and then you bring them back inside. One little puppy's named Darce, D apostrophe A-R-C-E. She's named after Brazilian jiu-jitsu choke. She has a white sleeve that goes up one arm and around her neck. And it's the exact same pattern you use when you lace up a Darce choke. And so I've named her Darce. It's her nickname. She won't keep that name her whole life. But we'll be inside in the living room and the puppies will be being rambunctious and playing around. And, and Darce will just climb into the little pen, go into the back corner and put herself to sleep. One or two of the little white puppies with the black markings on their eyes will do the same thing. But a lot of the puppies just lay down where they're at and go to sleep. And then Jackie will pick them up tenderly and nuzzle them to her and pet them and, and then lay them in their little pen to go. I love to put puppies to bed. It's really, really cool. But I like to watch Jackie do it. And Jackie sits with these puppies. and then that, So that's the last thing you do at night at 9 o'clock. We'll put them in bed. Well, in the early stages of puppy life, they're going to wake up sometime in the middle of the night. And so you're laying in bed and you hear the first little whine. And then you hear the second little whine. And Jackie picks up her phone and she's got this app that's attached to this camera that watches the puppies. And the puppies are up and whining. And, and you know, 
she's potty trained these puppies. They're eight weeks old and they know to cry to go outside. They don't pee in their pen. They don't poo in their pen. They, they're eight weeks old and they're smart enough and been well trained enough to go outside but they're not big enough to go by themselves. So when they start whining, Jackie gets up, puts on her gardening boots, puts on her little gardening overalls, puts on her winter stuff, puts on her broad brim hat. And the lady gardener walks into the dark and picks the puppies up or opens the gate and lets them run out now. But in, in, early on, she pick them up and take them out two at a time and then stand out there in the yard with them. Now, Jackie standing out in the yard at two in the morning is an amazing thing anyway, because she's scared of the dark. No, no, she's not just scared of the dark. She's terrified of the dark. She, she won't do things with me in the dark. That's one of the reasons she doesn't hunt with me, one of the reasons she doesn't frog gig with me. Uh, it's not that she's opposed to eating frog legs and not that she's opposed to eating deer meat. It's being out in the dark that she's bothered by. If we go for a walk late in the evening and the sun goes down too far too fast, we walk holding hands because she's afraid of the dark. But because these puppies are beloved, because she loves these puppies, she goes stands out in the dark with them stands out there with her little flashlight and and prowls the tree looking for the owl prowls the fence line making sure there's no coyotes out there and i don't know what she thinks she's going to do if she sees an owl or a coyote but she's standing out there with the puppies and and she's giving them protection and she's guarding them when it snowed and we had five inches of ice in our backyard She'd get up and bundle up and take the puppies out onto the ice-covered deck and stand out there in the four-degree weather waiting on these puppies to do what puppies do. And the puppies are basically impervious to the cold. They're Spanish water dogs. They're used to cold climates and cold water. And they get out there and just tumble around on the snow and the ice, and, and you basically have to say, okay, I've had all I can take. I'm taking you inside. But she stand out there with those puppies in the cold and stand out there with those puppies in the dark simply because she's invested in the puppies. I've, I've got this beautiful picture of her standing out in the flower garden in her gardening boots and her hat with her umbrella following one puppy around in the rain so he can pee. And she'll pick up that puppy and take him inside and get another puppy and, 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 and do the same thing. Love is the intentional... And if necessary, personally costly investment into the good of another. It does not require return of investment or reciprocity. And it does not depend on the person who's being loved to deserve being loved. That's a definition I heard from a guy named Matt Evans. Matt is a preacher at a community-based church in uh, Dalton, Georgia. And uh, I was listening to something that he had on the internet. I'm not sure if it was the, the his series on the Don't Quit Your Marriage or if it was a series that he entitled The God Box. But that's his definition, and I borrowed it. Love is the intentional and, if necessary, personally costly investment into the good of another. It does not consider or require return of investment, and it's not contingent upon the person that you love deserving it. That's That's how Jackie loves these puppies. She gives up her sleep. She gives up her energy. She gives up her time. You get up in the morning and you feed the puppies before you eat. You put the puppies to bed before you go to bed. You interrupt your sleep to take the puppies outside to take care of their business. She cuddles them. She warms them. She dries them. She bathes them. She gives them their medicine. She arranges a social schedule for people to come over and visit with them. And she has this intentional 
And it is a personally costly investment into the development of these puppies. Now, you could have a litter of puppies and put them in a cage and feed them every day and make sure that their cage was clean and then deliver them to the people who are going to buy them and you've done your job. But the people who get these puppies are going to get these puppies and they're going to be housebroken and kennel trained. Eight weeks old and they're going to get these puppies that are already ready to be homed and most of the hard work with the puppies are, are, are already going to be done. It's an intentional and a personally costly investment. And, and there's no return on this investment. At least there's not a tangible return. We don't own the puppies. We're in a fostering deal, and, and somebody else is going to get all the money for the puppies. And, and the only thing you get out of the puppies is puppy love. <laughs> you, you get this unadulterated therapeutic interaction with these little bundles of fur and, and love and joy. And let's face it, sometimes it's hard work, and the puppies don't deserve being loved. If there is a place a puppy shouldn't go, if there's something a puppy shouldn't drag, bite, or nibble on, a puppy will go there and bite, drag, or nibble on it because that is what puppies do. And oftentimes they don't deserve the love you give them because they are just walking chaos. And you multiply that by seven and you've got walking chaos and it's like dealing with a zombie apocalypse because you can't actually uh, overcome the numbers. You get overridden by the horde. But the lady gardener, my lady gardener, has made an intentional investment into the good of these puppies. And other than just the fact that she loves them and they love her back, there's no return on investment and it's hard work. And she's constantly tired and her house is in chaos. Sometimes they don't deserve being loved, but they are indeed beloved by the lady gardener. Tomorrow, assuming we're blessed with the ability to wake up, it will be Valentine's Day. And if you could wake up on your Valentine's Day, and you could have an experience like those puppies, <laughs> if you could wake up tomorrow and be loved like my lady gardener loves those beloved puppies. If, if you could wake up tomorrow on Valentine's Day and you had someone in your life that could sacrificially love you like, like my lady gardener loves those puppies, <laughs> you would understand what the term beloved means. You would understand what it means to be beloved. More importantly than that, if if tomorrow on Valentine's Day you decided that I'm going to wake up and to the best of my ability, I'm going to imitate the person the lady gardener imitates. And I'm going to love somebody unconditionally and not worry about that they deserve it and not worry about what they can do for me. If tomorrow you could wake up and, 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 and intentionally say, tomorrow on Valentine's Day, I'm going to decide that it's an intentional and personally costly investment in, into the good of another. And I don't care if they return it or not, and, and, and I really don't care if they deserve it. I'm going to treat them this way. And, and, and if you would do that tomorrow, and if you could do that the day after the day after Valentine's Day, and if you made a commitment to do it the day after the day after the day after the day after Valentine's Day, then the person that's in your life and the person that lives in your house and, and, and the person that is your 
soulmate, the, the, the person that that is your number one responsibility to take care of in life. If you could have that intentional attitude, and, 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 and love is an attitude, not an emotion. Now, it starts out as an emotion, but, but it really the attitude overrides the emotion because it's the intentional and, if necessary, personally costly investment into the good of another. And it doesn't worry about return of investment, and it doesn't worry about whether or not they deserve it. If you could have that intention that every day after the day after the day after the day after the day after, after ad infinitum, that's the way I'm going to treat this person then not only would that person understand what it's like to be beloved, they would understand what it is to be loved. Using the tool of shortwave radio, World Christian Broadcasting literally covers the world every day with the gospel. They use two large curtain antennas. One is located in Anchor Point, Alaska, and the other in Madagascar. They send out messages that are recorded at their international home in Franklin, Tennessee. They make available 40 hours of broadcast every day. The broadcasts are made in English, Chinese, Russian, Spanish, Portuguese, Korean, English for Africa, and Arabic. They would love for your group to visit them. You can bring your ladies' group, your youth group, or your men's group. Just give them a call at 615-371-8707, 615-371-8707. Or you can go to three W's and a dot, worldchristian.org, find the Donate Here button, and make a financial contribution to support this work that literally covers the world every day with the gospel. World Christian Broadcasting in cooperation with Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure is sponsored by us. What? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the youth ministry book by Lonnie Jones. Cognitive spiritual development, a Christ-centered approach to spiritual self-esteem. Grappling with life, controlling your inside space, a small essay using the principles of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense. If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones. And then The Selfish Reel, a very short story about a decision. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country, some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots. Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550 Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and in, that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. Mm-hmm.